Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the IRDC podcast, which IRDC, we all know, stands for the International Ratatouille Delivery Club. And uh, today it's, you know, your boy, Justin Colombo, and I'm joined by Kevin Michael Morin and Terry Cudmore. And we are going to be, once again, debating the hottest topics uh, in sports and culture um, that we have predetermined. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, further ado i mean let's hop right into it because we are three people who love to talk and i'm the only one talking currently so let's dive right into it uh, all right so round one of this episode uh taking a look at second chances everybody loves a second chance i love a third chance you know that's why i uh that's why i keep going back to wendy's especially the wendy's that's right by me um so round one we're talking with uh, Kevin and Terry are going to give me their QB, who they think would be the most successful given a second chance, um, which I think is really interesting because I think in in my pre-research as arbiter, I feel like there's a lot of different uh, you know guys you could come up with for this. So I'm really interested in which ones you pick. So no pressure, but I've looked at this from multiple different sides. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. Um. Either one of you guys want to go first? Uh, I can go first, Kevin, all if that's you. all right. The floor is yours, Terry. Okay. All right. So one of my <clears throat> all-time favorite sports memories are in terms of like things that I – feats of athletic accomplishments that I was always super impressed by was Vince Young's performance in the national title game against USC. And so to me, that's just an all-time performance and speaks to a level of athletic achievement that I think is is hard to come by. And hard to kind of, I'm going to say achieve achievements. I know that's not right, but still, I'm just going to roll with that. Anyway, so that's my pick because I know his NFL career was no, nowhere close to his career at Texas was. But I looked back and I just think there was a lot of stuff that was not going in his favor. And I think he was actually better than we might even be remembering, especially I know wins and losses isn't a great QB stat. But, and you know, at the end of the day, it is still something that we kind of measure quarterbacks against. So when he's a rookie, the team goes 0-3. Then he becomes a starter in week four, and they go eight and five, and they have a six-game winning streak, and they're seven and one in their final eight games. So, you know, I think that's pretty impressive, pretty optimistic way to finish your rookie year. So things are moving in the right direction. Now, one thing I want to call out is his offense coordinator was a guy named Norm Chow. Norm Chow was never an offensive, an NFL offensive coordinator before the 2006 season, and he was never one after his time tenure with the Titans as Vince Young's offensive coordinator. Young's top receiver was Drew Bennett, who had less than 750 yards, and he only started one more game the rest of his career, and this is in 2006. In 2007, he's the full-time starter. He starts 3-2, and two, then he gets hurt in a Week 7 win, and they go 6-4 they go and four when he comes back. All right, so again, he's 9-6. and six. That's still pretty good. It's Chow again, and this time his top receiver is Justin Gage, 750 yards. So, you know, after the two seasons, he, he's looking fine. You know, nothing to write home about, but it's it's still – his, his career is not nowhere near bust territory yet. Then 2008, he gets hurt in week one. He's supposed to be out two to three weeks. So, you know, still a manageable injury. Jeff Fisher's like, no, I'm done. Gives a job to Kerry Collins. They go 12 and three with Collins from then on. And it's kind of like, all right, this is Collins team now, which obviously is not a great idea. Probably should have traded Vince Young that offseason, but they don't. One thing just kind of call it here is F Jeff Fisher never has another winning season after he makes this decision. So, Maybe some curse of Vince Young stuff there going on with the rest of his career. 2009, they have Collins as starter. They start out 0-6, and then they finally decide, okay, let's give it back to Young. Vince Young goes 8-2. This time he's got Mike Hermdinger, who has already had a run as the Titans offense coordinator in the early 2000s. He's the offense coordinator for Young in 2009-2010, never an NFL offense coordinator again. So again, like Young has these guys with the Titans that were not you know, in the prime of their coaching career, so to speak. And in 2009, his top receiver is Kenny Britt, 700 yards. 2010, he goes four and five. This is kind of when the, the wheels start to fall off. He gets hurt in the 10th game. He tries to get back into the game. Fisher's like, no, we're not having that. And he and Young and Fisher have a blowout. He never plays for the Titans again. And again, in that season, the top receiver for the Titans was Kenny Britt with 775 yards. So he ends his career in 2011, fairly back up. Um, he starts three games, goes one and two. He does play against both upcoming Super Bowl teams in that that three-game stretch. 
Um, and in there, you know, he has some skill players. It's Sean Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Brent Selleck, and LaShawn McCoy. You know, I don't think it's fair to judge, hey, what if he, this is be how his career played out if he had those guys from the beginning, because I think his, you know, his career is pretty much over at that point. Um, but just to kind of go back, like, I don't think he was set up for the best success coaching-wise with the Titans. I don't think he had the best skill positions around, which is something even, you know, we're looking now with, with Mac Jones entering his third year as a quarterback. And it's all about, you got to get him DeAndre Hopkins. You got to get him Dalvin cook. You got to get him all these upper echelon skill positions. You know, the Titans never did that for Vince young. And I think if they did, things might've worked out a little bit differently. And I think if they invested maybe a little bit more in a kind of a young upstart offense coordinator that had, you know, better years ahead of him or in the prime of his career, again, I think things kind of maybe would have been different for, for Vince young. And now he just lives his life in the hollowed halls of the University of Texas. Hmm. You looked like you were going to say something, Justin. I was, and then I and then I just and then I no notes. Abruptly stopped. Well, let's do this. Let's do this. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear Kevin's Kevin's take, and then I feel like then I want to have a conversation about it because I there are a couple questions that I have. But I think depending on where Kevin goes with this, I feel like they may or may not be moved. Um, I'm uh, going to go with somebody who I, I don't think ever, never really got off in the first place, got their career off in the first place, um, which is uh, Ryan Leaf. Um, he, I think, uh, it just walked into a terrible situation in San Diego and uh, – just crumbled under the pressure. Um, you know, he's pretty prominent now uh, speaking out against, um, against speaking out for uh, mental health and uh, like that toxic culture in sports and how to make sure you can kind of keep your head on straight, your feet on the ground and um, move forward. And I kind of wish you could take what he knows now and inject that into 23 year old Ryan Leaf back in 1999. Um, you know, he was taken second in the draft behind Peyton Manning. Um, and so there was always going to be a little bit of a shadow over that with Peyton um, already kind of expected to have the career that he did end up having. Um, but Leaf walked into just a terrible Chargers team uh, and an organization that at the time was just an absolute hot mess. And it was not until probably Eli Manning refused to play for them after getting drafted that uh, Phil Rivers got sent over in that trade for um, for for Eli, and he kind of invigorated that team uh, at the time. But uh, but yeah, Ryan, Ryan Leaf never really had the opportunity to to get rolling in the NFL, and I kind of wish he he really had. He had no weapons, um, but coming out of Washington State, like his his final year uh, in Washington, he was just shy of four thousand passing yards, threw for thirty four touchdowns. Uh, which is almost equal to his uh, career interceptions in the NFL. Um, in, the poor guy just basically had a complete reversal after a stellar, stellar college career. And I don't know. I, I look at I look at the draft and think, you know, maybe if San Diego hadn't drafted him at number two, maybe if he had fallen further, maybe if like I don't know, a Jacksonville had taken him. Uh, with their second pick in the first round instead of going with a defensive back in Donovan Darius. Um, you know, they could have walked out of the first round of that draft with Fred Taylor, Ryan Leaf, who could could have tucked in behind Mark Brunel, given been given an opportunity to grow underneath uh, a guy who was already doing great things in a new Jacksonville franchise and not trying to walk into San Diego and be the guy. Um, he just wasn't set up for success. I'd love to see him... Uh, be able to do it again uh what i actually would love now is him to get an actual second chance i think he'd be a great coach uh, i think he'd be a great guy to walk into an nfl team and change that culture that he's been speaking out against um speaking out for um these days so ryan leaf you're my guy interesting i mean look i think that there are two solid two solid options um my gut, and I feel like this is, this is, I think, something that we could all have a conversation about. To me, what it comes down to is, 
whether or not you've earned a second chance or whether or not you deserve a second chance. I feel like they're two different things, right? Ryan Leaf, to me, I feel like has earned a second chance. Because if you're totally right. If you look at kind of when he came into the league and the team he came on to, just rough, rough go of it. I also think if he stayed another year in Washington, the next year, I mean, I mean, talk about a tale of two number two quarterbacks taken in back-to-back years of the draft. Because taking number two in 99 is McNabb, you know? So if Leaf were to stay in Washington for another year and he's still top four QB, I mean, he goes to potentially somewhere, you know, where he can make a little bit more of a difference. Vince Young, I think, on the other hand, though, I think has, I think deserves one because of all these other factors that I think played into, when you look at like, you know, I think Ryan Leaf had an opportunity and I think that opportunity just didn't pan out. I think Vince Young had a lot of people standing in the way of his opportunity, especially with Jeff Fisher. But also I think, you know, if, if that draft goes one or two other ways, you know, and the Jets don't take DeBrickashaw Ferguson, it's it's a completely different situation for Vince Young, but also, you know, for a completely different NFL team. So for me, for me, I feel like I'm leaning Vince Young because I, I don't know. To me, there's there's a little bit less of a, I don't know, it's like the Jeff Fisher of it all. I think if you remove Fisher from the equation, I feel like Vince Young is generational quarterback that we all kind of saw him become at Texas. Whereas with Ryan Leaf, I feel like if you put him on, if you put him on any of the other teams drafting around that area, I still feel like he has a rough go of it. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's my opinion on it. So to me, I give a point to Terry. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you could tell me if you, you think that's flawed logic, but to me, I just, I, I don't know. I think, I think that if you look at giving them a, a second chance at a playing career, I, I part of me with Ryan Leaf, I'm like, I feel like that second chance is to choose to stay at Washington State. Whereas with Vince Young, I'm like, your second chance is you don't get picked by Jeff Fisher. You know what I mean? So I, to me, I don't yeah. know. It's a little bit. Yeah, I and I, I suppose if he, you know, if, if Leaf does stay that extra year and gets drafted in 99 instead, like, I don't know, does he go to Cincinnati instead of Achilles Smith? You know, do, like, there were some big QBs taken in the first round of that 99 draft with uh, McNabb and, you know, Dante Culpepper. <laughs> uh, well, I think, well, I mean, and here, here's an interesting thing, because I think you, you bring up kind of an interesting point is you look at the Chargers with with rivers right even with breeze a little bit but you look at the chargers with rivers they're fine like they're never the chargers have ne- i feel like have maybe once or twice been the best team in the league but they've never been i mean i don't know it's rude to say in new england but like like a perennial favorite where i feel really really good about this squad not going eight and eight you know what i mean yeah so I feel like I, I wonder if like with Ryan Leaf, right? So let's say he's, he hangs on at Washington state for another year and then he's, let's say he goes to the Browns or he goes to the Bengals in 99. I feel like then we're look, we, we look at his career and we're like, well, I mean, he was on the Browns and the Bengals, mm-hmm. you know, whereas yeah. if you're on the chargers, there, there's a little, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I, I wonder if we just wait those three franchises completely differently. So it looks, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think some of that is what the chargers have done in the last 15 years with rivers. You know what I mean? Like I think I'm not a huge rivers fan, but I think rivers and now Herbert have kind of changed how we looked at the chargers. You know, I mean, there's a reason Eli didn't want to go there. You know what I mean? So like, I get what you're saying, but that's almost like if we, if he was in the 2022 draft, I think that would be, different that's totally fair that's totally fair. but then again i mean let's give it another five more years with the Bengals and burrow we might not it's just probably just gonna be browns gonna browns well but but i also wonder if 
looking at looking now at especially you can I mean look at the 2023 draft right where you have three massive quarterbacks go in you know in the top five and and there's still a lot of questions about whether or not Bryce Young is going to be a true number one pick and be that guy for Carolina I feel like we're still having this conversation now but it's it's less of a it's it's I don't know. I I think I think you're right. I think I think there's there's we're looking at this with uh, contemporary eyes. You know what I mean? Because I mean, like, yeah. I mean, Bryce Young's big thing is his size. That's the big concern with him. And like, neither Leaf nor Young had those concerns. Well, no, but I feel like that's also the game. I mean, like, I, like I feel like I'm like Flutie. Flutie was like this like weird exception to the rule for decades just because he was a small quarterback and now you look at Bryce Young and it's like well in the college game I think it's the college game has also shifted a lot more from being you know the minor leagues of the NFL in a way but this is another another topic entirely but I don't think people are as concerned about Bryce Young's size if Tua doesn't exist I think Tua's scary injuries last season in Miami and the fact that he is still not like a lockdown guaranteed 10 year quarterback at this point, I think is what caught my personal opinion is what caused a lot of people to be worried about Bryce Young's size. Yeah. Cause if you think about like everything else he has, he has all the intangibles. He's done it on the biggest stages. Like. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, I, I mean, I, I fully hear you on Tua. I, I would also say the worry for me with Bryce comes from Baker. Like in looking at Baker being number one and being like, okay, well, like we just, we do not know whether or not small quarterbacks will work out. Like we, we, we don't really have that, that information yet in the same way that like, we're still trying to figure out if having a running quarterback is, is a long-term feasible situation. Um, You know, like, but you look at Lamar, Lamar is built completely differently, similar to Vince Young. Cause Vince Young, Vince Young's legs were the reason that he was dangerous, but he wasn't built like a running back. Dude was built like dude was built like a tight end. I mean, he was big. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm getting us off. He's six five two thirty. Jesus, Seems, yeah, young. I young mean, one? and what's Vince Young was yeah, and like what's so what's Anthony Richardson? He's six four two thirty. No, he's he's almost exact same size. He's an inch small. See, but 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 here's the thing though, is that I would say that's the comp. That's that's Richardson's comp, which is fantastic. The question is, does that exist? And does it is it work fantastic? Out? I think <laughs> your so. comp Look, is the guy no, that was a that we're arguing deserved a second chance because he was <laughs> okay, a okay, that's fair. Okay, Lamar, right? Who I think is fantastic, fantastic running quarterback. Has a has like a similar Vic feel, although I'm sure he weighs less. But I mean, he's 6'2, 230. So I guess that's the build. I mean, so in a way, going back to the point, which is I Vince Young in 2006, I mean, was was Vince Young too early? Like, was he way oh, ahead of his time? So, yeah. so yeah, I mean. Well, I guess here's here's the second question. If you give him a second chance, and actually, I think you can ask this for both quarterbacks, given their skill set. Both quarterbacks, if you were to say, hey, found this dial of destiny, um, we're going to take you into the future to 2023, you're going to go like first round. Who do we think has a better NFL career now going forward? I, well, I think it's a little unfair because like, Vince Young is a I went through. He won games in the NFL. How many games did Ryan Leaf win in the NFL? How many games did Ryan Leaf even play in the NFL? You know what I mean? So like I think Fair. like they both likely wish their careers went differently. So Ryan Leaf was four and seventeen in twenty one starts in the NFL. So again, like I think both of them wish their careers went differently, but at least Young can point to he achieved some something in the NFL. He won he had a six game winning streak, like I know it's not all him, but at least I, I, I just think it's obviously I, I argued for him. So I think it's Vince <laughs> Young. 
Okay. All right. And now for the next round here, we have Kevin going up against Justin. We're going to talk about best sports movie cast. And just to quickly define that, that is a sports movie. And it has the best cast of actors or actresses in it. In case that was in unclear. It's a very good description. <laughs> it's so specific. I love it. I don't have a lot to say here because I'm the arbiter. So ice I... cream. It has chocolate chips in the ice cream. There you go. Thank you. Uh, again, I'm not going to talk for a while here, so I do explain <laughs> that as long as I could, just so that the audience doesn't wonder where I went. Uh, all right, Justin, why don't you? Oh no, sorry, Kevin, why don't you go first? Please. Ooh. Sure. Show me the money. I am going with Jerry Maguire. Damn. Um, which is also why I look like I haven't slept in 14 days because I, at 12.30 last night, was like, I should watch that movie again. Um, but, okay. So, like, my brain wanted to go to, like, I don't know, Major League or The Replacements. Those feel like great, great ensemble casts. Um, Jerry Maguire is sort of, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a rom-com as much as it is a sports movie. Um, I mean, you've got Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., Jay Moore, remember him, uh, Jerry O'Connell, even though he's not super, uh, you know, super prominent, uh, Regina King, come on, Bonnie Hunt, Jonathan Lipnicki before he was Stewart's big brother in Stuart Little, um, and, you know, uncredited Bo Bridges, uh, even though he's got a couple of legitimate scenes in that film. Uh, he plays Jerry McConnell, Jen Jerry O'Connell's uh, dad. Um, but great film, great ensemble film, even though you can see the crazy in Tom Cruise's eyes throughout the entire thing. Uh, freaks me out. But um, if you haven't seen the movie, watch it. Uh, Tom Cruise is a sports agent that basically gets uh, ousted from his uh, management firm, uh, Jay Moore, snipes all of his clients with the exception of one uh the great rod tillman i think his name is um Till played tidwell. by cuba tidwell rod tidwell, rod tidwell uh played by uh cuba gooding jr who is um who famously forced tom cruise to say the line show me the money um and also you get the uh the, the famous you had me at hello. Oh my God. I didn't talk about Renee Zellweger. She's like <laughs> second most important person after uh, Cruz probably. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this film is uh, fantastic. Uh, it oddly holds up pretty well. And, um, and yeah, I, uh, I don't think I ever noticed it was Regina King who played uh, Cuba's wife in this, but she's fantastic. She gave me a uh, Viola Davis and air vibes, or I suppose it goes vice versa um but um but yeah jerry Maguire is my my pick for for that reason even though they chose the freaking arizona cardinals as the organization uh for cuba to be playing for whose gm was glenn fry from yes. the eagles yes and he always is that yeah Sorry, i did ahead. not register no i was like watching it last night and i i was like wait a minute i I know this guy, and why do I know this guy? And, of course, my brain immediately goes to, like, 1997, sitting in my living room with my dad, popping in a VHS of the Eagles Hell Freezes Over tour concert <laughs> because we had a VHS of it for some reason. Uh, and then it just all came flooding back to me. But, yeah, Glenn Fry. Who could say? R.I.P., buddy. Uh, speaking of that, uh, you also forgot Kelly Preston. Oh my God, I did. See, who is stacked, stacked. arguably perfect in that role. Okay, Jerry Maguire is a great answer. It's great. I think that's solid. So, all right, great. So Kevin wins. So we'll move on to <laughs> how dare you? Okay, so okay, yes. I I looked at this from multiple different angles. Okay. And I'm going to be honest with you. My first thought here was Friday Night Lights. Um, solely because immediately from the moment you meet every single character, they all check out and they all feel real. Also, Billy Bob Thornton as a uh, high school football coach 
the fact that he sells that is incredible. And also it gave us one of the greatest TV shows of all time. But I didn't pick that. I also didn't pick 42, which I think you can also make an argument for. Also, Lucas Black, sneaky candidate for greatest sports actor in the pantheon of cinema. Because um, he's also in 42 and he's also in Friday Night Lights. Just throwing that out there. He's um, in Tokyo Drift, too, if we would categorize street racing as a sport. Yeah. I feel like it's a sport. It's got rules. Of How did he end up on NCIS New Orleans after all that? Because he, because he, because he ran out of Tokyo Drift money, baby. Show me the money. <laughs> so instead, I landed on a movie that, in my opinion, is a, still a, it's a bit it's problematic in 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 retrospect. But I don't think you can argue with the fact that this cast slaps, but also. I think fits perfectly in terms of the team that they make up. And that movie is a league of their own. I think the casting of Gina Davis is fantastic. She's great. But as a catcher and as a field general and assistant manager, totally checks out. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, third baseman with a bullet. No notes. Perfect. Kit Keller, I think is is an underrated cinematic pitcher. I think you could say if I'm if I have like a like a one game to like you know save my life and who I'm pitching that game and I can only pitch from fake pitchers. I'm not going wild thing Ricky Vaughn. I'm going Kit Keller. Steve Nebraska. Boom. Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. No Kit Keller all day baby. She's tenacious. She's not going to lose and she's ready to fight. Also the. The I think Marla Hooch also underrated athlete in what in a hitter cinema history, incredible switch hitter, power from both sides of the plate. The only thing that I question there is her as a second baseman because I feel like if Marla Hooch, if we're looking at her from today's kind of baseball, I would just put her at first or I would put her at DH. Um, but I think, and then on top of that, you have Madonna as all the way May playing center field. Even though she feels a little bit more like shortstop, if she's playing center, she's got the arm, just put her in short. That's just the women. You get into the men, you get a great 90s performance from John Lovitz, which is fantastic. And also you get Tom Hanks at a very interesting point in his career. This is like, it, it's a very well-known performance, but it kind of comes, it comes post-teen heartthrob. And also within the throes of Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, it's kind of in this very interesting, I wouldn't say it's peak Hanks, but it's getting there. It's Tom Hanks basically saying, yeah, I did big, but here's what else I can do. And I can still hold my own. I can still be funny. I can still live that life. And I also would put this out there that I don't think that he does Toy Story without this movie. Because this shows that he can really pull off like comedy that is wide reaching and wide ranging. Because this movie works across the board. If you ask a person who's not really necessarily into sports, their favorite sports movie, A League of Their Own comes up. I think that's because this cast slaps, but they're also super believable in the roles and the positions that they play. Even if it is a deeply problematic movie. Have you seen the um it's not a remake but have you seen the series that uh, Amazon put out last year? It's not. It's not. It's Is it a fix? Not the same. Uh, you know what? Actually, you know what? I will anything. say it's a bit of a fix. It's a bit of a fix. Because there's a lot the reason I say it's a problematic movie is there's a lot about this baseball league that gets for lack of a better term whitewashed. Um so we are we are looking at a segregated baseball league in the 1940s and it's kind of never brought up and this movie is just very white it's a very it's a very white movie um and we don't talk about the fact that there were female baseball players of color at the time notably uh tony stone is about to start playing professional ball in the 1950s so these women exist out there and they're really only featured in one moment that comes across a little bit white savory. So that's why this movie for me is not 
the perfect thing that people think it is because there is there are a lot of there's a lot of historical things that I think are left out of the movie that if this movie's made today and granted I have not seen the the rebooted fix version of it but I feel like this movie this movie does not get made the way it gets made in 1994 1994 well right yeah I mean the 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 rebooted version that they made is a eight episode series that might even come back for a second season, you know, so who knows, but, um, but I think the, uh, the picture I would take, by the way, you, it, uh, Terry, have you seen the series? Have you seen the reboot? No, I know uh, that it's, um, um, Abby from Broad City and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her last name. I know Alana Glazer's Abby, Abby Jacobson and yes. Darcy Carden are the, the two leads in it. Oh, okay. From uh, a good uh, place, right? And Barry. Yep. 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 Um, but the picture I would take is Matt Cha- uh, Max Chapman. Um, Shante Adams is the actress who plays her, but uh, she is, uh, uh, she's a black pitcher, and so they tackle all of like the segregated aspects of it uh, in the series. It's pretty good. I I actually really was surprised <laughs> that it was uh, as good as it was because I was sort of expecting like a. Like a remake situation, but the characters are all different. They're not trying to throw Marla Hooch up there. Uh, Nick Offerman is in that Tom Hanks role. Um, it's a really, really solid series. Highly recommend. Also, I'm just I'm gonna throw this out there just very quickly. Um, just a little a little ringer break for everyone. Tom Hanks, after a League of Their Own, goes on maybe one of the most insane movie tears of all time. Okay. League of their own comes out in 1992. This is what follows that movie for him. Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, toy story, that thing you do saving private Ryan. You've got mail toy story Two, green mile and Castaway which is an insane seven, eight year run. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's, I mean, a league of their own started peak Tom Hanks, as we know it today. That's insane. What an eight year stretch for, for Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is good. I don't know. (laughs) I just, I just read his novel. Uh, which I highly recommend if uh, any of y'all are into reading. I have read. You like words? <laughs> He's got them. Um, all right. Just <laughs> the fact that neither really one of you would take, take Steve Nebraska is, and it's not a good movie. I get it. The Scout is not a good movie. The guy in his first MLB start throws a perfect game. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's all you, that's, yeah, that's the answer. And again, it's not a great movie. It's, it's a little bit of Superman, the baseball player. I totally understand that, but that's, to me, that is inarguable. All right. right. So, um, I've never seen it. You don't need to. (laughs) It's not good. The only good, good part is in the very beginning, the idea of why Albert Brooks is kind of down on his luck is his last like big prospect was Michael Rappaport who plays this Yankee pitcher and he looks so much like Jeff Weaver and Jeff Weaver's <laughs> Yankee career, not going like that would have been if, if Twitter was around when Jeff Weaver was making his first like Yankee starts, like that's the meme right there. Like the, and I, I believe in the movie, Michael Rappaport runs out of Yankee stadium and is like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. All right. It's interesting how often you use the phrase problematic, Justin, for League of Their Own when <laughs> Kevin is talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. over and over again. This is a tough, this is tough. Because just, I don't think any of us really want to get into it debating the problemis, problematices of, of everything. Um, I, love, I love that Terry, Terry, you and I gave Terry two options and I'm watching Terry, Terry actively just think, I hate both of these <laughs> <laughs> anyone points this is like uh the dwight when he finds out jim and pam are dating he's like actually i think both of them could do better <laughs> like that's that's where i'm at with this sophie's terry, terry wants us to go home and think about what we've done 
why don't we why don't we hit pause and why don't we come back to this tomorrow? <laughs> um, I am gonna pick a league of their own. Let's go. Um, and it's it's tough. It's this is tough. This is really tough. I mean, honestly, I don't even have a great rationale of why. It's just more so. I mean, because Cruz is great as McGuire, as I said. I thought Kelly Preston was awesome. Renee Zellweger's real. I mean, that was her breakout role, right? I mean, and Cuba Gooding Jr. wins the Academy. I mean, yeah, you could argue, you know, no one won the Academy Award for League of Their Own. Um, but I think... Could, but I didn't. <laughs> well, you didn't know Justin was picking that. You went first. That's the downside of going first. Um, but yeah, I would say... I think I'm just I'm going to stick with either. I think there's there's very few people in that movie. Even David Strith, I always mispronounce this guy's last name. David Strathairn, he's awesome as um as the guy I forget the character's name, but the guy that basically creates this league. I mean, he's good in everything. Let's just I mean, I'll give the yeah. man his flowers. That he is so good. Yeah. So and Strathairn, Strathairn maybe. I didn't know Bo Bridges was was uncredited though, Kevin. That was a good, good pull. That was a good um, pull. O'Connell's not great, but I also wonder too oh, if like he's not supposed not. to be great. Like, is like is that part of the Kush character? Um, yeah. Also, wish we got more Kush later. Like, there should have been like that call at the end of the season or something of Kush reaching the back out to Jer- or something or like yeah. maybe Kush is a Kush is the Ryan Leaf of the Jerry Maguire world something. But that's not what we're arguing. All right. I'm going to give two points to Justin. I'm going to give Kevin a point, though, too. Because I think oh, they were both really good. You know what's funny is that looking at David Strathairn, it put me onto another movie that I feel like you and I whiffed on, which is... Um, the River Wild? <laughs> no. I was you, say could argue eight, that's, you could argue that's a sports movie. No, I was going to say Eight Men Out, which kind of has that an insane good. cast. I mean, just from, like, top down, you'll get, you got Charlie Sheen, D.B. Sweeney, one of the greatest sports movie actors, Ugh. Bill Irwin. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have a lot. You have you have a lot. Studs Turkle is in this movie. Like you have a lot of you got a lot to dig into with this. And doesn't the director play the journalist that kind of breaks the scandal? Isn't he? Doesn't the director play Ring Lardner? Which always kind of seemed like you know, like casting yourself as like the hero of the story. Yeah, John Sayles is the director, and I think he plays Ring Lardner. Uh, yes, I was correct. So I will give myself a point. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this round, we're looking at uh, the team that has the least amount of fans. Uh, are we going specifically NBA, NFL, NHL? Is that how we... Did this. I picked an NBA team, so I was under the impression the assignment was an NBA team. I, I picked an NHL team, so I actually think that this is no. He, hold on, no, actually, I think this is actually the way to do it because I think that okay. if, we, if if we had picked same sport, I feel like we could dive into like franchise differences. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like doing different sports, we can look at the problems with the, with for the franchises and for the fans themselves. So the idea that, yeah, but I just want to, and we should leave all of this in. This is gold. Um, <laughs> so the idea is that I'm going to argue, I think this is the NBA team with the least fans, and you're going to argue, I think this is the NHL team with the least fans. And yes. then, but who wins? Uh, do, I guess do, do me a favor. Do me, do me a favor. At, uh, at the end of each of your arguments, the opposer, uh, without going into like a, a, a full-on explanation so like terry when you're done with your nba team justin just say an nba team that you think uh (laughs) that you're like trying to throw down the trump card to throw another nba and and vice versa and vice versa (laughs) where were you at the parade (laughs) um okay, okay so let's let's um I'm going to give Terry a moment to marinate on the fury of uh, Justin picking an NHL team uh, while, while Justin goes first. All right. Um, take a walk with me. It's 1996, and um, you're living in one of the hottest places in continental U.S. You know, temperature or nightlife? A little bit of both. Well, oh. actually, no, just temperature. Just, just, just temperature. Um, I'm sure there was a point when the nightlife was great. And to be fair, I, I have been to 
multiple metropolises in this state. Um, and no one likes I'd, a braggart. Say, I'd say, you know, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's definitely hot. It's very, definitely dry. Um, and you're like, you know, got a basketball team. You may be getting a baseball team. But you know what I really, really wish I could go to? It's a hockey game in Arizona. Least amount of fans in the NHL is the Arizona Coyotes. They've always had this problem. It's never gotten better. But even worse is that the team that they absorbed had more fans going to games than the Coyotes have had since showing up. Um, so uh, t- take a walk with me for a second. When I worked at the NHL store in uh, Midtown Manhattan, not fun. Uh, it's just a retail job, $10 an hour. It's fine. We would often get people joking about the Florida Panthers, about having, you know, a hockey team where it's super hot. Tampa Bay Lightning have shown up. They're legit. Florida Panthers, great season this past year. Fantastic. On the up and up. The Arizona Coyotes are playing in a 500-seat hockey arena for a college team because they don't have a stadium yet. And even then, they're not selling out this 5,000-seat arena. On average, they're averaging around 400, and granted, it's close, but 4,900 fans on average, okay? When the Atlanta Thrashers existed in the in the NHL before going to Winnipeg and becoming the Jets, the Jets, uh, to make this clear, the Jets moved from Winnipeg to Arizona in 96. The Thrashers were averaging more fans than the Coyotes have averaged in their entire tenure in Arizona. The Arizona Coyotes are a mistake and they cannot find their way out of this insanity. Also, you look to the north of them in, in Las Vegas, Vegas has a Stanley Cup now. You can't say that hockey in hot climates... No, they just have one. Don't they have two? There's Don't one. they have two? I they, thought... they got to it in their first year and they lost. Yeah, with oh, Marc-Andre okay. Fleury. Which is, That's what honestly, I was going to say with Marc-Andre Fleury, yeah. yeah, yeah one of the yeah, greatest, greatest I, I expansion drafts too, of all time. They did not win. But it works. Hockey in hot places works. It just is never going to work in Arizona. It's just not going to happen. And I don't think those fans exist because even when you play in a 5,000 seat arena, fans aren't showing up. That's a problem. I think that there are more fans of the Arizona Coyotes jersey than there are fans of the actual team. Well, that's just style. Yeah. Columbus Blue Jackets. (laughs) Is that how you wanted it to go, Kevin? (laughs) (laughs) Works for me. Okay. Works for me. Yeah, I, I guess I guess my question becomes like so so Vegas has its thing and they, they they bring out the the golden night before games, they have the the big kind of pre show situation. And and now like all these they're about to get an NBA team, uh the Raiders have moved to Vegas. Vegas has kind of somehow made itself a sports city. Um hell I'm I'm going to probably be in Vegas in October seeing the Patriots play uh, the Raiders. But like that's, that's travel how it... brags from the two of you. <laughs> in <this section. laughs> but, but, but this is Vegas has that draw. What would the coyotes need to do in order to get butts and seats? Can I, can I actually, can I ask your question? Can I answer your question with a question? No. <laughs> Go for it. The the, we're asking what the Coyotes can do, and I think at this point, considering that this franchise is almost 30 years old, um, the Phoenix Suns exist, and the Phoenix Suns have been not good during their whole tenure, and they're still bringing fans in. Same with the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks won a World Series. In Arizona, you can do it. There are fans out there. Like, it, it, it's it's a thing. At a certain point, fans are not going to show up to a Coyotes game. And I think the problem that you run with having a team like the Golden Knights so close 
is that if you don't have a direct affiliation and an affinity for the team that's near you, screw it, bandwagon. Why not? Like, at least you're watching a team that's going to be putting in effort and trying to do something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think about, like, where I am now in, like, you know, the Baltimore, D.C. area. I know a lot of people who were big Nationals fans and are now like, you know what? I'm watching more Orioles games because I can't put up with this triple A team masquerading as an, as an MLB team. You traded away all of our guys. What are we doing here? I think at a certain point you're going to lose fans to Vegas. Like, I I don't think it's anything that the coyotes can do. I think it's literally the coyotes can't. Yeah. I mean, the, the ship has sailed at this point. Um, I, I guess my question was more like when they did it in the first place, what would they have had to do? But, moot at this point but but i am going to come back to you saying that phoenix suns have not been good sure they had like five or six seasons in a row in like the 2010s that were pretty bad but overall they've had a lot of winning records and they've been in the playoffs that's fair. quite a bit that's fair the um, d'antoni Suns, you got the barkley Suns. sure yeah yeah um cool terry i looked at this in the sense of it cannot be a team that has won a championship. I just think the legacy of a championship means you'll never be at the bottom of the barrel of, of fandom. So I looked at all the teams that have never won a championship. Only three teams have a smaller population than the team I picked. New Orleans, Orlando, Salt Lake City. Already I'm crossing Salt Lake City off the map because I think the Jazz have a legitimate fan base. Pelicans, I think, was close. The only thing is, I I also believe it's kind of, and I'm not a geography person, so I could easily be wrong, but I don't know how close other teams are. Um, plus, I also think they're in a position right now where they're on the upswing in terms of like their fan base. And and again, all this a lot of this rests on Zion or maybe what they could get back in the Zion trade. But they have a ton of assets, and I think they could continue to build on what they've been doing over the last few years. The other ones are the Orlando Magic. And I think they're kind of what you said, Justin, the, like with the there's fans of the Jersey just as much with the Coyotes, maybe more. But I also think like there's legitimate Magic fans. And I think they're also kind of from those Shaq Penny teams. They're still looked at as like a cool team. And again, I think, I mean, they have the number one pick from two years ago in Paolo. I think they're on the upswing too. The team I've picked is the Sacramento Kings. They only have a population of about 500,000. There are three other teams in California, the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors. All of them have bigger fan bases. To me, I just don't see... And and again, the Kings are in the upswing too. They had a great year last year. But I don't see them having the fan bases of the other 29 franchises. I would assume they have. And this isn't not, you know rabidness or devotion this is strictly amount of fans i think the kings likely have the fewest fans in the nba so before justin has a meltdown um uh wait doesn't he have to say his team (laughs) yeah okay first of all i was going to make a joke no no first say the team just the team team. uh, actually hon to your credit i was gonna say orlando magic okay yeah. So right. I and and to be fair, I thought you were going to say that, and then you you put a knife in my back. <laughs> but I was going to say, Terry, there are dozens of us, and then I realized that proves your point. <laughs> it's you and Hassan Minaj are the only two Kings fans that I'm aware of. It's not. A, this isn't a cri- I mean, not you criticize the Coyotes. No, 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 like no, no, you... no, no, no. Here's the thing. You're not wrong. You're really, really not wrong. And I think the thing that has also sh- shrunk that is the Warriors, is the proximity yes. to well, a team that has been yeah. insanely, and it's also super nebulous. Like, they're not the San Francisco, they're, it's Golden State. So you can be like, no, it's California. It's fine. So you're not wrong. It just hurts my feelings. <laughs> Well, I also feel like if you live in California, you can claim... I bet you there are a lot of people that just live in California and claim Lakers. 
You know what I mean? Like, like just same thing with Texas. Well, I mean, Terry, I'm there sure are people a... in New York who just live in New York and claim the Lakers. I mean, right, right. Yes. But that, so that's just, again, like kind of the point of where I'm headed towards. It's like there is an iconic yeah. franchise. And it hurts me to say that. But I mean, you can't argue that they are an iconic franchise in the same state. Can I can I and this is not I feel free to not include this in your thinking, Kevin. It's just for me speaking up for my people. I think that I, the only thing that I would say, because I think that size, Terry, I actually think you're probably right. And I think that you mentioned this before. I think that the fervor is different between the two franchise, franchises that we picked because there is something really weird and rabid about Kings fans and about A's fans. Like it's specific to like the Bay Area and California. Oh, all right. Nor- yeah. Northern yeah. California, rather. That like there is a rabidness to the fan. But that base. doesn't. No, that no, doesn't I know, matter. I know, I know, yeah. I know, okay. I know. Okay. So that's all. I'm. I'm You're right, though. <laughs> there are there are dozens of us. Dozens. Yeah, I I think I think it's a hundred percent got to be the proximity to to the Bay Area um, there, and to just your geography uh, question before Terry. Uh, yeah. New Orleans closest to Houston. Um, but there's nothing really around it. Like the closest three teams uh, to New Orleans would be Houston, Dallas, and Memphis. Can I, um, but can that's I, a little bit of a stretch. Can I ask a question that is not, I guess, is not necessarily, uh, but like if, because Terry, what'd you say? You said New Orleans. New Orleans and Orlando, I think, have 300,000 population. And Salt Lake, it's, I think, in the 200. I think Salt Lake was 200. But Salt Lake, again, is off the table. Or the thing with Orlando and New Orleans that I, I could see someone arguing for is, like, there is so much other stuff happening in those cities versus what else is going on in Sacramento beside it being the pop, the capital of California. You totally know what I mean? Like, like, there's Disney World, Legoland, sure. SeaWorld, Universal, all that stuff in Orlando. There's Bourbon Street. The Saints are a bigger, you know, deal. Like that's the whole thing that they, everyone's always said. But again, I just <laughs> I still pick Sacramento. No, I just no, don't. no, no. The, um, the, the okay. The only it's, this is separate. There's one other team that hits my brain. They're in a bigger city that I'm gonna guess has like a population of upwards of millions. That I the wonder Nets. what the Nets. No, no, not oh. the Nets. Okay. No, no, not the Nets because the Nets fans exist. Okay, they're just not as loud as Knicks fans, so they don't feel like there's a lot. Well, you but, also have like me, the I've idea seen of them. there's a lot of them. I would assume there's a significant amount of New Jersey people that still ride for the Nets too. So uh, you've no, got the, well, the new Brooklyn fans and the old New Jersey fans. All right, what, what team sure. are you going to say though? I was going to say Charlotte. Charlotte does it has a bigger population. Plus, you have the Charlotte Hornets. Like it's the same thing as the, yeah, the Magic. But, if they were the right. if they were the Bobcats, if they were the Bobcats, I would agree with you. Okay, okay, fair. Okay, fair. That's yeah. fair. Which is see, why the, they had to do a big about face. See, but 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 and that's oh okay no that's fair because I guess they're on the upswing. You can't say like oh well, you know Pelicans feel like they're that's been a. a I mean, hopefully, a, I think they thought it would be a settling after Zion, but yeah, you know. they're a hot mess. I mean. He can't stay healthy. They're probably going to get rid of him at some point. I think it's also interesting uh, that but, none of us said Portland because I would probably also put because they are hard. Well, well, well I guess, so, but I, yeah, yeah. Well, but fair well, but, so, but but you talk about proximity and Kevin. Like I feel like you can speak to this in Seattle. Is I yeah. feel like the lack of supersonics helps the Blazers a bit. Plus, there's like it, I mean, it, there's legacy. It, I mean, Blazers have been around for forever, so it's there's not like, so like hundred thousand more doesn't. people too. Wow, okay. To six hundred thousand, um, and that's the yeah. thing about the Coyotes that you said is there's one point six million people in Phoenix. So if a third of those people are Coyotes fans, that's still more than the population of Sacramento. Yeah, see, but but here's the thing: I would I would argue that seventy five percent of the people don't care about the Coyotes. Okay, so that's twenty five percent. That's less than a third that we're hoping care. That is true, but it... <laughs> thank you for the math lesson. But so, okay. <laughs> God, um, no, I, I mean, I. Back in back in March, I went down to Portland to see the Celtics play the Blazers, uh, and that was just like. The atmosphere in that arena was wild, and around that arena was honestly incredible. Portland as a city, super weird. Oh, but, and they've uh, won a title. Oh. oh. Hmm. 
Yeah. They wanted to the Walton team one time. Oh, right. So. That was your uh that was your metric. That's um, yeah, I just think that's a big a title yeah. is well a title, that, a title I think that's very legitimate. I think yeah. you know what? Let me let me ask you this. This is this is I guess maybe it's a question for both of you, but it's about metric of this. Is another way to think about this, and I think about uh, recent example is the um, uh, Domingo Herman um, perfect game, or it's basically just like Yankee Stadium West. Is yeah. that a good metric to to look at this question from? Is to say like in your home stadium, home fans are outnumbered by visiting fans every single time. Like, is that a good way to a good metric to look at? Like when the Orioles play either the Sox or the Yanks, <laughs> or anybody plays the Rays. Yeah, like I, I think that's yeah. But I mean, I that... do you do you feel like you have enough? I don't. I can't speak to the. I don't think that's true at Kings games. Um, no, well, but well, but well, no, but I think to your to your point's point, Sacramento is not really a destination. For right. Whereas I think with Orlando, which is why I think it's good that you didn't choose them. Orlando, I could see that being like, oh, actually, you know, we did, we did this, we did this. You know, we got an extra day. Why not? Yeah. You know, oh, the Celtics are playing. Yeah, so we we can go down. We'll hit this park, this park, this park, and then we'll see the Celtics play. We got great seats because no one's going to see Paolo Bancaro. It'll be great. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well. To Kevin, who won? <laughs> well thought give me, out. Give me the point. Uh, yeah, sorry, Justin. Uh, I'm gonna have to give this one to Terry. So, but well, how many I, points? <laughs> um, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give two points to Terry. Um, because one, uh, he understood the assignment. Um, God and two. It. Um, two, I, I I really like looking at it from the perspective of, uh, of of championships because if you're looking at fan base, like that really is the argument. Um, like, what have you won? What have you done for me lately? And um, Dubs just have the pull up there. So, just just for fun, and I'm not trying to get a point back, but I guess this is a question for the three of us. So Terry and I did NHL and NBA. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick an NFL team. For this, who would you pick? Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, good answer. Who would yours be, Jay? My brain goes Texans, but I don't know if that's necessarily right. But Charger, I mean, Chargers, look, if I'm also looking at this from how I looked at the metrics, Chargers played like their first season in a soccer stadium and like filled it so it's like okay well plus there's an alienation factor plus you don't you know the other team just won a super bowl i I think the chargers is the answer yeah it probably is i had to just pull up a list of nfl teams to see if there was anybody (laughs) that i could the nfl one's hard because everything i mean it's it is the king of sports right now you know what i mean so like that is tough but like i would say you could argue the Chargers still might have more the Chargers probably still have more fans than any NHL team. Probably. Non-Canadian. Non-Canadian NHL no, team. No, but but I think I think your point, Terry, about championships, I think is is I mean, maybe I don't know, maybe I'm just coming around to it, but I think well, I think it's a good metric. But if you look at like like the worst thing that could have happened for the Chargers moving from San Diego to LA was the Rams winning a Super Bowl. Because now you're sharing a stadium, you're a little bit lesser. You have to prove yourself a lot more, and no, mm-hmm. literally, no other team has to do that. You know, like it's. Mm-hmm. But I also yeah. feel like I feel like the NFL specifically, it, there's a lot less, um, like landscape battle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's no territorial splits because even in like New York, it's like it's there's a very clear line of jets and giants you know like you sure. adjust giants bills yeah. yeah um yeah justin i suppose you 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 do get a point back for uh let's go for bringing that up However, yeah, Terry... oh, hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on however 
Terry gave the Terry only gave correct, the correct answer. answer. <laughs> so you both get an additional point for that round. Terry is so, uh, so I get three. Becomes our winner for the day. Okay. Job, Terry. Is there any, anyone right. you like to shout out? Anything you'd like to say? Um, Kevin Johnson, the mayor of Sacramento. Um, just wanted to let him know I was a big fan of that Suns team that lost to the Bulls, and I'm sorry. I can't like it's it's like I'm it's like I'm so like I'm mad because you're right, but I'm 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 also mad well, because you're right. <laughs> why are you mad though? Like it's not like the it's not like the idea is who's the worst fan base in the NBA or, no, or anything like that. It's like it, oh, if anything, it's cooler. You know what I mean? No, like so no, when but... they this is like being in on like uh like a band's EP before they make it big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did I ever tell you why I chose the Kings in the first place? I read the article. Yeah, it's because I went to the NBA yeah. store and they had yes. no Kings merchandise. That right. tells you everything you need to know about everything. The NBA's exactly. flagship merch store was like, no one's going to come in. Who would you say is the most famous king of all time? Is it Weber? Vlade Divac? So here's the thing. I think it depends. I think it depends. To me, it's it's... I don't know. I go back and forth. Like to me, like it's like I want it to be Bibby, but I feel like the king that everyone is like, oh right, is Peja. Mm. I know. See, and that's the thing. Now, like now, I'm glad that it's Fox. Like I'm glad that Fox is getting kind of, you know. Yeah, but but it's, uh, the one thing about Fox is like they were everyone was saying they should trade him. Like great, he had a great year. I'm not taking anything away from him, but like he wasn't like. Yeah, he but... could take a step back this next. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I think that's a point of where I'm going with like the Kings. Like they don't even have that guy. Well, well. See, here's the thing though. They did have that guy for a long time. They just had no other guys. Like that's like like when you think about like Demarcus Cousins. Like Cousins was the dude. The problem mm-hmm. is he was the only dude. And I think the issue with the Kings is that there hasn't necessarily been, besides like the you know the early Kings of the two thousands, like Ben, like, uh, like Vlade feels like a King to me. Vlade is a Laker, you know, like to me, Vlade, to me, Chris Weber, there's a lot of other it's shit. Weber. I think it's Weber. And that's the thing yes, that's weird but... is it's Weber, but Weber played for the Warriors, the, excuse me, the bullets. He played for the 76ers. Like he played for, but like, he's kind of, well, and, and here, here's the weird thing. If you're putting Weber into the, the thing that doesn't exist, but like the basketball career hall of fame, what does he go in wearing? Because he goes as a King. Well, see, but here's the thing, you know, if it's his entire basketball career, like, no, he goes in wearing a Wolverines jersey. Like, like, what are we doing? (laughs) When I look at Chris Weber, I'm like, to me, he's a King. I mean, he's a King. He's a warrior. But I also am like, like, that's outrageous. That is an outrageous statement. Well, but that's like saying Eli's a charger. No, like that's no. he only played there for one season. I know, but see, but but when you but to me, when I think about Weber, there there is a level of he there's when you look at Peja and you look at Bibby and you look at Mike Williams or not, not Mike Williams, Jason Williams, Jason, Jason Williams. Williams. <laughs> what am I thinking of? I was like the Chargers wide receiver. <laughs> you think about Jason Williams? They they're. Like when I look at Bibby, I'm like Kings, Kings, Kings. To I don't know, Vlade and Weber to me are in this weird bubble of when I first picture you, it's a different jersey, and then I go, but also, and I don't know why that is, but it just is for me. I have a um, Bibby Sharif Abdul Rahim NBA Jam T-shirt with them on the Grizzlies, so that's why I always think of Bibby as a Grizzly. Hold on, here's here's a weird example that is not accurate, but it's a question. When you think about Kevin Garnett, what jersey? Wait, wait, wait. So what did you just say? (laughs) When you think about Kevin Garnett, it's he's a Timberwolf. Timberwolf, and that that pains me to say that because I I he. This isn't an original take. A lot of people have said this. Like he was just such a great Boston athlete that it's weird to think about that he wasn't there for his whole career. Sure. Well, you know, like I, sorry. Here's no. I mean, here's like a weird, like a, a weird similar thing is like Johnny Damon. Like Johnny Damon to me, I'm like very good Boston athlete icon moment in time, perfect. But Johnny Damon to me will forever be an Oakland athletic. 
You know what I mean? Like there's you are bizarre, man. <laughs> and with that, and with that, what? I think uh I think we're we're just gonna call Wait, it quits. So just one. real quick, let's just unpack what is with you and guys playing one season in the Bay Area. Here's the thing. And that means that's the team that Here's they're the on. I'm a big first it's... I'm a big first impression kind of guy. Chris Paul's a warrior in your head? Is that no, what you're saying? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, like Kobe Bryant, greatest Charlotte Hornet there ever was. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, Johnny Damon's, uh, he's definitely a Tampa Bay Raid to me. Get out of here. Get out of here. I mean, Mike, Mike Piazza, greatest Padres catcher of all time. What are we talking about? Well, thanks for joining us on the Irrationally Radiant Debate Club. Uh, congratulations, Terry, on your first win. Uh, and join us next time uh, when we debate... Who knows what? <laughs> we debate whether or not Justin needs to be sectioned. <laughs> <laughs>